Good morning, New Life. How are you this morning? Let's try that again. How are you, New Life? All right. Well, good morning. For those that don't know me, my name's Chuck Marr, and uh, I get the honor of sharing a message with you this morning, and uh, I shared earlier, um, I'm actually going to be with you guys three times this spring through the summer, so you are stuck with me, um, whether you like it or not, but it's always an honor and a lot of fun to be in this house, because how many of you know when there's a hunger for the presence of God, anything can happen? And uh, what I love about this house is you have leaders and you as a congregation are people who are hungry for the presence of God. So, and I feel that when I walk in and I feel this morning like anything could happen. Can we just thank God this morning in advance for everything that he's gonna do this morning? Father, we just say that we love you, we worship you, we honor you, and we welcome you to do whatever you wanna do by the power of your Holy Spirit. Um, I just want to say thank you to Pastor Dwayne if he's watching online or if he's going to later. Thank you for opening the pulpit to, to me and allowing me to share um, with you guys this morning. Well, hey, I want to um, jump right in to Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 1. And I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Matthew chapter 18, verse 1. And by the way, my wife, Anna, and our three girls are at home. They send their love. And uh, by the way, I have twin girls, Autumn and Charlie. They are six years old. Um, uh, London Grace is uh, two years old now. And I say it all the time, I am very outnumbered in my house. And uh, so pray for me. Um, I talked to another uh, gentleman this morning who said he has three, actually Bert, has uh, three girls as well, and uh, so he understands. Um, but I, I'm super blessed. I love them, and um, we are getting ready to go celebrate a friend's birthday with all their kids to float in the river in New Braunfels today. So first time taking the girls to do that. So again, pray for us. All right, Matthew chapter 18. Are you there? If you're there, say, got it. If you see it on the screen, say, I see it. Matthew 18, verse 1, it says this. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus. Um, they came to ask Jesus, who is considered to be the greatest in heaven's kingdom realm? You know, there's another place in Scripture where it says the disciples came to Jesus to say, who, which of us is going to be greatest and which of us gets to sit closest to your throne? <laughs> How many of you know that even among the disciples, there is competition? Anyway, we won't go there. Who's considered to be greatest in heaven's kingdom realm? Verse 2, Jesus called a little one. Everybody say little one. Some translations say a child to his side and said to them, learn this well. Unless you dramatically change your way of thinking and become teachable, and learn about heaven's kingdom realm with the wide-eyed wonder of a child, you will never be able to enter in. Verse four, whoever continually humbles himself to become like this gentle child is the greatest one in heaven's kingdom realm. A number of years ago, 
uh, so about right around, I don't know, maybe two years ago, um, I was on staff at a church in San Antonio, and I was getting ready to meet a young lady in our church who was getting ready to go on the mission field with Youth With a Mission. And uh, so I was just meeting with her to talk about her journey, talk about what she'd be doing there, how we as a church could support her. And, I th- and I, I'm thinking that I'm meeting with this young lady to be a strength to her and minister to her. Little did I know she came, yes, to receive from me and to talk to me, but also she came to give me a word from the Lord. And as we sat down to meet, she said this. She said, as I was asking the Lord if he had a word for you, the first thing I heard was Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) And I thought it was funny, but then the thought continued, and I heard their slogan, where a kid can be a kid. (laughs) I feel like the Lord is reminding you that you have permission to be like a kid with him. And he is actually encouraging you in that. In the beginning of Matthew 18, Jesus says that whoever humbles himself like a child is the greatest in heaven. Then in verse 6, it warns again, it, wor- it warns against causing one of his little ones who believe in him to sin. And I felt like there was an emphasis on the part that says, little ones who believe. Because it represents the point that we believe more when we are kids. Children usually have greater faith for things and specifically great faith in their father. With that, I just feel like the Lord is saying that he is restoring your childlike wonder and not only your ability to dream, but also to have faith in those dreams. And Jesus said to his disciples, unless you change your way of thinking and become like one of these little ones, you won't be able to enter into the kingdom. Now, I don't think that Jesus was just talking about entering into the kingdom by going to heaven someday. I believe what Jesus was talking about is having faith like a child and becoming like children so that we can enter in, access, and experience the kingdom of heaven here and now. Because how many of you know that God doesn't just want us to get to heaven? He wants heaven to get inside of us so that we can release heaven on earth everywhere we go. Back in the 1940s and 50s, there was a a theologian by the name of George Ladd. And he he taught, he was a professor at Fuller Theological Seminary in California. And He was a professor that coined this term called kingdom theology. And in his teaching, he he had this slogan, and and he taught that when it comes to the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is both already and not yet. That the kingdom of heaven is both already or now, but also not yet. In other words, when Jesus came in the form of man and walked the earth and died on the cross and rose again and released the Holy Spirit upon the people of God and in the people of God, the kingdom of God came to planet earth. 
In fact, even when Jesus just walked the earth and taught before he went to the cross, he taught everywhere he went, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand or the kingdom of heaven is near. And then when he taught his disciples to carry out his ministry, he said, when you preach, preach the kingdom of heaven, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, it is near, it is within reach. So this professor taught the kingdom of God is both already right now and not yet. In other words, it's right now within reach. If you believe like a child, you can access it now through signs, wonders, and miracles, but it's also not yet because we won't see the fullness of the kingdom of God on earth until the second coming of Christ when he restores all things. Does this make sense? And I believe kingdom theology. I believe the kingdom of God is both already and not yet. But here's the problem. I believe that much of the church has whispered the already and shouted the not yet. And I believe that if we will become like little children, we can access and experience so much more of the kingdom of God already here on earth, saving people, healing the sick, transforming cities, and seeing heaven invade earth. Everybody say the kingdom of God is at hand. And Jesus said, unless you become like children, you can't access it. I don't know about you, but I believe there is an invitation and I believe a wooing by God that the children of God, sons and daughters of the king would become like children in such a way that we see revival break out everywhere we go. And I want to share for a few minutes this morning about what it looks like to mature into childlikeness. I want to talk about maturing into childlikeness. And, and I want to share four things, four ways that we can be intentional about becoming like little children. And the first key that I want to share is this. If we want to become like little children, we need to, we need to be like kids by having childlike faith. Everybody say childlike faith. See, there's something about kids that just, they don't have a hard time believing things. Like, I mean, think of how many, how many times, I need to be careful because there's probably kids in here. Think of how many times we trick our children <laughs> to believe things that really aren't true. Like, tell them that every Easter, there's an Easter bunny that travels all over the world putting Easter, Easter eggs around their yard. They're like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> You know, it's like, I'm, I'm sarcastic with my kids and I just like tease them about things. and I'll just kind of throw something out. They're like, really, dad? Is that true? <laughs> I, like, I, could, I could be like, did you know that dad actually made the moon? Did you know that one day when I was about seven, I just took like a bunch of rocks and stuck them together and threw it up in the sky and that's the moon. I made it. They'd be like, are you serious? I'm like, no, no, not at all. But kids just, kids believe things. And I mean, I've seen it in the church. I mean, I, I was on staff at a church in Canada before I moved to the United States many years ago. And I was, um, we have one Canadian over here going, yay, Canada. And, and the, the rest of you are like, Canada? 
Is there like electricity there? No. Uh, I was, I was on staff at a church in Canada, and I remember in my 20s, I was asked to just, our children's pastor asked everybody in our leadership to take a Sunday to teach our kids. And I hadn't taught kids in years, so I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And she's like, you can teach whatever you want. I'm like, awesome. I'm going to teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I go into this kid's classroom, and I'm just like, hey, listen, and I share a few scriptures from Acts, talk about how in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit came. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. And I said, did you know that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can speak a heavenly language? You can see visions from God. You can be filled with the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. You can lay hands on the sick and see them healed. They're like, sounds easy to me. I'm in. <laughs> So I said, how many of you want to be filled with this Holy Spirit? They're like, absolutely, like no brainer. I pray, I ask them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray to God, they start seeing visions. Some start speaking tongues. They start having encounters with heaven's realm because they have the childlike faith to take God at his word. And, and Jesus said, unless you become like these little ones, you can't access the fullness. I want to become so gripped by the majesty of God that I take him at his word and the realm of heaven becomes so much more real than the realm of earth that I'm surprised when somebody doesn't get healed. And he said, unless you become like little kids, listen, there's an invitation for us to have faith like a child. My wife, my wife and I were part of Bethel Church in Redding, California, and my wife taught in children's ministry, or she was part of the, uh, she worked in the, um, the nursery and, and, and with the young kids sometimes, and they're called kingdom critters. <laughs> and the kids there are so equipped and trained to hear God's voice and to know that there's no junior Holy Spirit, but the same Holy Spirit is available to children that they're trained to, when they see visions, to tell one of the, the childcare workers so they can coach them through. And these kids would see angels. They would see realms of heaven opening um, in children's church. They were trained that um, they'd be like, well, they'd see a kid just staring off into the corner. They're like, what's going on? They're like, well, I see an angel in the corner of the room. And they're like, well, why don't you ask the angel what he's there for and what he wants to do? And the kid would do this. He'd be like, he said he's here to bring healing. And they'd be like, okay, why don't you ask God who he wants to heal? I believe that he wants to heal Johnny because he hurt his ankle in the playground yesterday. Awesome, why don't you go pray for Johnny? With childlike faith, Jesus, I release healing into Johnny's ankle. It'd be instantly healed and miracles would start to happen. Why? Because they have faith like children and just take God at his word. How many of you want a heart that believes like a little child that God can do anything? So key number one is to have faith like a child. And the second key that I want to share is this. Children are filled with awe and wonder. Man. See, kids aren't just easily excited, but they are just in awe and wonder at the simplest things. And they get excited about the simplest things. I mean, we learned this early on with our kids. As soon as they understood what Christmas was about, yeah, about the birth of Jesus, but P.S., they also get presents. <laughs> they would get so excited about Christmas 
that, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Christmas was, what, four months ago? I wouldn't be surprised. And just in a couple of months, they're like, Dad, how many more days until Christmas? <laughs> and, uh, and, and they just get so excited. And, you know, they've, our girls get so excited about Christmas morning that sometimes we consider not even telling them when it's Christmas Eve. Because <laughs> we know we won't get any sleep. I mean, I remember the time that we took our girls to SeaWorld. It's like we couldn't tell them the night before that we were going to SeaWorld or else we would not sleep. They would not stop talking about it. We had to be very intentional and strategic. It wasn't until they woke up and we got them dressed. We're like, hurry up, grab your stuff. We're going to SeaWorld. They're like, right now? We're like, right now. <laughs> it's like, well, we know better than to plant those seeds because they're so filled with excitement and awe and wonder about things. I mean, I remember the time that my wife came home with just like the simple coloring book and a box of crayons from like Target or something. And to our girls, it was the best thing in the world. They're like, dad, we got crayons and we got a coloring book. And I'm like, man, it does not take much to amuse them. Why? Because they are filled with just excitement, awe and wonder about the simplest things. And I believe that to access heaven's kingdom realm, we need to know how to become like children and be in awe and wonder over the things of God. One pastor said one time that we have become way too familiar with a God that we barely know. And sometimes even when it comes to miracles, healing, somebody getting saved. We're like, yeah, that's cool. I know that that happens. And then, and we're almost bored. But I believe there's something about positioning our hearts that every time we hear a testimony, every time we hear about somebody getting born again, every time we hear about a financial breakthrough, we're not just like, that's cool. We're like, man, that's amazing. That's the God of the impossible. That's my father who created the universe that loves to show up and show off on behalf of his kids. A few years ago, I was teaching at my home church, and uh, and we were sharing testimonies, and uh, and it's, it was a sunny day outside, and it was in the summer, I believe, and I was like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna hear some testimonies. Who is a goodness of God testimony? Who wants to share something that God did for you this week? And as soon as I said, who is a testimony? We're meeting in a church that has a metal roof. It just started downpouring. It just started going we could all hear it. And I was like, I guess God likes testimony time. And I said, who is a testimony? And somebody came up and they shared a testimony about somebody that they prayed for, that they had praying, been praying for for a while because they had cancer, were healed of cancer, and they experienced a healing. And we're like, yay, God, thank you, Jesus. And we celebrated. And then, because I know there's power in the testimony, I said, who here in the room right now has cancer or knows somebody that has cancer and wants to grab onto that testimony and believe breakthrough for that person? Because how many of you know the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy? And the word testimony in the Hebrew means do it again. So when you hear a testimony, you can attach childlike faith to that and say, I believe God wants to do it again for so-and-so. So I said, if you know somebody with cancer or you have cancer, stand. We want to pray for you. Our friend Michelle over on this side of the room stood because her grandmother had cancer and she had a growth like around her collarbone. And, and it was so large they could actually feel it. So she stood on behalf of her grandmother. People gathered around her and prayed healing over her grandmother. Well, she didn't even tell her grandmother that she stood to have prayer for her, but 
The next morning, she got a phone call from her, I believe it was her mom, her mom or her sister or her aunt, something like that, and said, and she was crying on the phone. She's like, what's going on? She's like, well, I'm with your grandmother, and we're, we're, she went to like feel where the growth is, and she can't find it. And as they were feeling around, they could no longer find the growth, the tumor. God had dissolved it, and the tumor disappeared and went away. Can we thank Jesus for that? But let me just say this. That night started with awe and wonder. I said, who is a testimony? Starts raining on the roof. Now, see, the skeptic in us, or if we decided to just be logical, could go, well, maybe it's just a coincidence that as soon as you said, who is a testimony, it started raining. Or we could have faith like a child and say, I believe God is so good and he delights in us so much as his children that he's intimately involved with all the details of our life and the circumstances that happen throughout the day, that the moment we said, who is a testimony, he would just begin to rain a downpour on that metal roof so we could all hear it as a little endorsement to say, by the way, I love when you share testimonies. And not only that, but begin to release healing of cancer through somebody or for somebody that didn't even know we were praying for her. Listen, we need to get outside of our way of thinking and start to think like a little child. What, what was that? What, did, what happened when it began to rain. I believe it was a sign and a wonder because how many of you know that God releases signs and wonders to make us wonder and to fill us with the wonder of a child? You know, it says in Acts, describing the early church uh, in um, uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says this, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Verse 43. Everyone was filled with awe. Say awe. Like amazement. Like just, just experiencing the awesomeness of God. Everyone was filled with awe at the, money, at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And, and I really believe there's just something about a childlike awe and wonder. Let's never get bored with the things of God, but continually posture ourselves to be in awe, in amazement before the things that God's doing. And Jesus, it says Jesus pulled a little one to his side. And, and, and you know, theologians believe that that was probably a toddler in fact, the, 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 um, the, word you, the Greek word used there when he said little one or child is padion, and it basically means toddler or child between the ages of one and four years old. And did you know that psychologists believe that the age of a child between one and four is the most pivotal, are the most pivotal years for the child's development? like emotionally, uh, socially, all of those things. And I believe that when Jesus said, unless you become like a child, what he was saying is, unless you stay teachable and humble and pliable and soft before me, like that soft clay that God can shape and form and mold into his image, unless you become, stay impressionable, 
like this little child, you can't access the fullness of the kingdom. Listen, there is an invitation for us to humble ourselves before God and never believe that we have arrived. See, the problem with being saved and being in the church for a really, really, really long time is we can actually grow out of humility and childlikeness. And we can be so sure of ourselves and so comfortable in where we've gotten to in our walk with God that we can start to level off and just get really comfortable. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit's the comforter, but he doesn't want us to be comfortable all the time? In fact, one of the reasons he's called the comforter is because sometimes he invites us into things that requires his comfort. And, and I'd like to propose to you that if your Christian walk in life with God is comfortable all the time, it's time to step out of the boat a little bit, take some risks, and see the power of God displayed through your life by taking God at his word. So let's humble ourselves and become like little children. You know, the thing about children is they're very inquisitive, aren't they? I remember when Autumn, one of our twin girls, was right around that age, probably around like three, four. She had one, she had two words that she said more than any other word. And she kind of said it as one word, and it sounded like this. What's that? <laughs> and she, if she saw something, didn't matter what it was, she would just point at it and go, what's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? That's what she did. What's that? What's that? We're like, it's this. She's like, what's that? What's that? That's salt and pepper. What's that? What's that? That's a palm tree. <laughs> Everywhere she went, what's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? And you know, there's something about being curious and inquisitive before God that opens us up to the fullness of the kingdom. I love this scripture in... Uh, in Proverbs 25, verse 2, it says this, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search out a matter. Listen, we've been invited into a walk with God that continually unpacks and discovers the mysteries of the kingdom. And sometimes, sometimes, what we think we know keeps us from what we need to know. The Bible says pride puffs up, but love builds up. And listen, I believe that we need to contend for sound doctrine. I believe that we need to stand firm in our faith about the foundational truths of Scripture and the foundational uh, truths and pillars of the kingdom walk. But let's not be so satisfied with what we know that we fail to press in for the mysteries of God from a spirit of revelation to know him more, to discover the ways of God, the things of God. Let's stay inquisitive like children. When we approach Scripture, the Bible, let's not be like, okay, I'm going to read my two, three chapters today. I've read them before, but it's good for me to read them again. No, what if we approach Scripture like a child? And this is how I like to read the Bible. By the way, I love Scripture. I can't get enough of it. I try to be in Scripture every single day because it feeds me. It builds me up. It is the Word of God. But I never want to come to the Bible with so much familiarity that I don't expect them to speak to me. So I like to approach Scripture by sitting down I'm not drinking coffee right now, so with my tea. 
because the Holy Spirit and caffeine go really well together, especially early in the morning. I like to get up before Anna and the girls get up just to be alone with the Father, and I like to open the Bible and say, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me in a way I've never heard you before? Even if I read verses that I've read a hundred times, would you cause them to leap out at me? Would you cause your logos to become rhema to my spirit? I invite you, Holy Spirit, with a spirit of wisdom and revelation. So I come to you like a child to hear things that I've never heard before, to encounter you in ways I've never encountered you before. I invite you to come, Holy Spirit. And I love to approach scripture like a child with an inquisitiveness, with a hunger for revelation, to see things I've never seen before so that I might know him how I've never known him before. And we're called to humble ourselves and to become like little children. The third way that we're invited to become like children, I believe, and this is key number three, is kids are really quick to forgive. My twin girls, man, don't judge me because I'm a minister, but my twin girls probably fight five to 10 times a day. Whether it's over a toy, over who gets to be Elsa when they're playing Frozen, (laughs) over who gets to sit at what stool, at the breakfast bar. I mean, they duke it out every day, every day. In fact, I probably can't think of a day in the past month that they haven't had some type of a dispute. But how many of you know that as quick as they are to get into it, they're quick to forgive? Like, and I don't mean just forgive, but kind of still hold the grudge. I mean, completely forget about it. Like one moment, they're screaming at each other over who gets to be Elsa. The next moment, they've worked it out and they are best friends. One's Anna, one's Elsa, or somehow supernaturally, they both got to be Elsa. And, and they are best friends as though nothing's ever happened before. And I believe there's something about the kingdom of God where we need to be sons and daughters of God who keep short accounts and guard our hearts from offense. Because how many of you know it's real easy to be offended even with brothers and sisters in Christ? Am I the only one? Okay, if not, maybe you guys can pray for me. We all have opportunity to extend forgiveness. And did you know that when we harbor bitterness or offense and refuse to forgive, It's like drinking poison and hoping that the other person gets sick. It's really just hurting ourselves. And there's something about choosing forgiveness, short accounts, forgiving one another, extending grace that I believe keeps our hearts pure and allows us to receive everything that God has for us. And, you know, the girls do the same thing with with Anna and I. Like, I know this is going to be hard to believe, but like, I'm not perfect. <laughs> and it's a joke. And there's times where, you know, I'll get frustrated or I didn't have enough sleep and I might be short with one of my girls or I might yell and I'll feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, Autumn, come here. I'm like, Autumn, I am so sorry. Like, um, dad was frustrated there, but that's not how I want to treat you. Will you forgive me? She's like, I forgive you hugs my neck, squeezes me, kisses me, and runs off like nothing happened. Kids just have such an innocence and a pure heart and are so quick to forgive. And there's some, what if, what if as the church, we had a reputation for having hearts that were so quick to forgive? 
free from offense, keeping our hearts pure. And uh, it says this in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 from the Passion Translation. You are always and dearly loved by God, so robe yourself with virtues of God. Since you have been divinely chosen to be holy, be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness toward all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way that you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release this same gift of forgiveness to them, for love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. Everybody say, quick to forgive and free from offense. The fourth key that I want to share, and I'll finish with this, is I believe that becoming childlike means that like kids, we know how to, and this is going to be really practical, it might sound really unspiritual, but we need to know how to have fun, be filled with joy, and not take ourselves so seriously. <laughs> Did you know that studies show that the average child laughs about 400 times every day? They laugh like 400 times a day. The same study shows that the average adult laughs 40 to 60 times, something like that. I'd like to propose to you that that digression is not a good thing. <laughs> and I believe part of becoming like children is knowing how to access and live in the joy of the Lord. In Romans 14, 17, it says that the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking, but about righteousness, peace, and joy. Everybody say joy. In the Holy Spirit. That means joy is one-third of the kingdom of God. Listen, if you don't like joy and you don't like laughing, you better like get used to it because I think there's going to be a lot of laughter in heaven. In fact, in Psalms, it says, he, God, who sits in the heavens laughs. And if you look at the context of that, what God is laughing about is what his enemies are planning and saying against God and, and against the people of God. And as adults, we can get so mature that we get so serious and focused and like uptight and locked in, even about things that are happening all over the world. We can get so stressed by it, but it says that he who sits in the heavens laughs. Why? Because he knows he has the last word, that he's in charge, and that the kingdom of God will break out on the earth, and God will have the last say. Listen, I don't understand every single thing there is to know about eschatology or the last days, but I have read enough to know this. In the end, God wins, the people of God wins, and the, kingdoms, the kingdom of heaven will have the final word. So it says that he who sits in the heavens laughs. And part of being like God and becoming like children just means we need to lighten up a little bit, have fun, enjoy life. John 10.10, 10, you know the scripture. 
uh, that we've quoted so many times. In the Passion Translation, it says this, a thief, the devil, has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I, Jesus, have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. Nehemiah 1.8 says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Did you know that you're only as strong as your joy is? So we need to be a people who are filled with the spirit of God and overflow with the joy of the Lord. And part of that just means, you know, choosing to believe that God's in charge. And I don't know how everything's gonna work out, but I believe it's gonna work out. Not take yourself so seriously, have fun. I, listen, I have a prophetic word for some of you. It's really profound. You might wanna write it down. Some of you need this. Some of you need this directional word for 2022. You want to hear it? Get a hobby. (laughs) Like just find something that you enjoy within the boundaries of scripture and righteousness. Find something that you love. I find that those that are the most anointed and filled with life and filled with the spirit of God are people that just don't take themselves too seriously and just know how to enjoy life. Some of you love Bill Johnson and the revelation that he walks in and just the the revelation of scripture and the healing and the miracles and his ministry. But if you're hanging out with Bill, do you know what he's probably gonna wanna talk about? Hunting. (laughs) Hunting and really good food. (laughs) Yeah, he loves the Lord and he loves talking about all that stuff too. But people that access the fullness of God just know how to enjoy life, know how to just be light, know how to get over things quickly, not take themselves so seriously, learn how to laugh because again, joy is one third of the kingdom. And as you know, I've seen people healed just through laughter. It makes sense to me because the kingdom of God is about righteousness, peace, and joy. I've shared this testimony before, but one time I was speaking at a church in Australia and I was praying for this guy who had a four-wheeler bike accident in 1994. As a result, had to have surgery because he, he broke his neck, hurt his back, uh, broke his hip, and he said he was millimeters away from, from being paralyzed. So he had recovered quite well through the surgery, et cetera, except he still had um, pain in his neck. He still had uh, a bulge kind of where his hip is, where it didn't heal properly. And one hip was kind of higher than the other. So he said, can you pray for me? I said, absolutely. I began praying for his neck. And he said he started to feel tightness in his neck leave. And I said, that's amazing. His name was Scotty. I'm like, that's awesome, Scotty. Praise the Lord. And I was just feeling like filled with the Holy Spirit and a little bit giddy. You know, in Acts chapter two, when they're filled with the Holy Spirit, they are accused of being drunk. It was 9 a.m., They're filled with the Holy Spirit and people that were watching them said they're drunk. I can only come to the conclusion that if they look like they were drunk, they were pretty happy and they didn't care what people thought about them. And maybe they're stumbling around a little bit because they're so filled with the power of God. Listen, we're talking about the king of the universe in his fullness manifesting himself in our midst. Like, how many of you know that's going to be a little bit noticeable sometimes? I like to tell people, listen, if you grabbed a fork and rammed it in that light socket over there, your body might react a little bit. So don't be surprised when the raw power manifest presence of God 
touches somebody that they might react a little bit. So anyway, that was free. I said, I said, Scotty, okay, we prayed for his neck, it was healed. So I said, let's pray for your hip now. He said, okay. So, you know, I kind of put my hand toward him and I said the most spiritual prayer that came to my mind. And I said, hip, hip, hooray. <laughs> I was praying for his hip, so it just seemed logical. Hip, hip, hooray. God, thanks that you're healing his hip. And as I said that, Scotty began to laugh and he kind of started doubling over laughter. I'm like, well, something's happening here. Hip, hip, hooray, Scotty. God's healing your hip. Hip, hip, hooray. And he just starts laughing. The joy of the Lord hits him. The next morning, he comes back to the meeting because we're doing like a little, a little conference. He comes back to the meeting. The bulge on his hip had disappeared. His hips had lined up and he woke up that morning pain-free and didn't take his pain medication for the first time in years. Why? There's just, there's something about just the joy of the Lord. And I believe that if you're filled with the presence of God and joy, you can lay hands on a sick person and say watermelon in Jesus' name. And they can get healed. And it's more likely than them doing that than if you got really, really serious, prayed a really loud, long prayer, and you thought, if I just pray a serious, long, loud enough prayer, then maybe God will hear me. No, that's assuming that you have more compassion than God and that you're actually better than God. But God has already done all the heavy lifting. We just need to become like kids. That's why when I'm lifting something with Autumn and Charlie, if I come home with heavy groceries and I have a, 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 a case of water and my six-year-old says, can I help you? I'm not gonna go, sure, and dump a case of water on Charlie. I'm going to carry it and let her put her hands under it as well so she feels like she's helping me. You know, that's what it's like in the kingdom of God. God does the heavy lifting. We're just his kids coming along for the ride and putting our hands there as well so we can pretend we're involved a little bit. And God says, good job, where deep down he knows that he did all the work. And I believe when we come like little children, we can access more and more and more of the kingdom everywhere we go. Because it's not about us, it's about him. And just in, uh, in closing and summarizing my points, in order to become like little children, we need to, like little children, believe God, have a childlike faith that just takes God at his word. We, like kids, we need to be filled with just awe and wonder and just, you know, excitement over the things that God is doing. Not be bored in his presence, but position ourselves like little children in awe and wonder. Like kids, we need to be a people that are quick to forgive. Don't hold offense. And we need to be a people that are filled with joy, enjoy life, don't take ourselves too seriously. Let God do the heavy lifting. Just go along for the ride as we co-labor with a really good father. Let's just all stand together. And let's just thank Jesus this morning for what he's doing. Can we do that? Let's just give the Lord a hand.